Hello and welcome to Mon the Workers. I'm Daniel Gray and in these special episodes of the podcast we'll be hearing from some of the people who spoke to me for an STUC book of the same name. That book, Mon the Workers, celebrating 125 years of the Scottish Trade Union Congress, is out now. Published by Lewith Press and available in all the usual places, it includes interviews with 75 trade unionists and portrait photographs of a further 50. Together, those 125 people represent a celebration of the STUC's 125th birthday. This time we'll hear from Margot Russell. Though the miners' strike of 1984 ended in defeat, there were victories of solidarity and organisation and moments of life-changing inspiration. Margot helped run a soup kitchen in Midlothian and, like her friends volunteering there, was politicised for life. She is still a local councillor today. Here, Margot begins her story at the point she began working. When I actually started uh, work in a, in a, a big sort of factory setting, and uh, in, in Ferrantes and in, in Dalkeith. That was really my first contact, if you like. Uh, I remember I was a married woman with a family. Um, money was tight, so did I want to pay contributions to a, to a trade union who was kind of far apart from me? And uh, I was advised, yes, that was the right thing to do. Uh, and I did. And I ended up being the shop steward, for God's sake. We were just a, a collection, as I say, of married women with families, and um, it, we were the cleaners in, in Ferrantes. So when the nice wee group, they were all uh, union members because they felt, you know, it, it was the right thing to do. Although in saying that, when there was any uh, votes for strikes, etc., the men were never very happy with us women because uh, they thought we were only working for pin money, which obviously did not go down very well, as you can imagine. The money that we earned as as, uh, as wives and mothers uh, went towards the, the whole family budget. So we weren't they happy at all. But we, we listened to the men's concerns. And yeah, I think a couple of times we did come out and strike with them um, because obviously their, if, if their earnings went up, it would have reflected on hopefully our earnings going up. So yeah, that was my, my very first introduction to trade unionism. Yeah, for, for a personal level, I had met my, uh, I, was, I was winching, as we say <laughs> in Scotland. Uh, I had met my late husband, Bill. I knew he worked uh, in the mines. I had no connection with the mines at all, uh, to be honest, although I lived in, in a, a mining area. My own background is my, my father was a, was a grocer. So although, we, we, as I say, we lived in a mining area, we didn't know much about uh, mining families, although a lot of the ladies that worked beside me in Ferranti's had husbands who worked in, in the mines. And so you, you got a feel for some of the hard work that, that went on for, for the women as well as the men, keeping the families fed. So 84, as I say, we were winching. He advised me that, you know, the strike was happening, things like that. I thought, oh, no, okay. And at that time, the men were doing all the work, the picketing and things like that. So you were seeing things on the news. So that was kind of my introduction, if you like, hearing what he has to say, hearing what the news was saying. And he advised me that there was, uh, the union were looking at trying to involve the women more into it. Because at that time, I think they were only getting the breakfasts before they went out and picket and things like that. So he said, but why, why do you not go down and just you know, see what's happening? So again, I did, I went down. I knew some of the ladies that were there, not, not all of them, I knew some of them, ended up being the chair. 
<laughs> I don't know how that happened, honestly. I think I must have been too quiet. <laughs> I just let, let it, oh, okay. <laughs> so obviously when I went back and told them, he says, oh, for you. I thought, I don't know if that room. Um, you know, talking talking through the chair, there was times that could be quite heated meetings, uh, as, you, as you can understand. Uh, and that's where obviously the soup kitchen was set up uh, and that type of thing. And we had to go into Lothian Region, as was then, to uh, apply for a grant to help set up the soup kitchen, you know, all, all the utensils, etc. And as chair, I had to go and make make a, a speech. Uh, although I've got a lot of help, I must admit, what to say. And we were lucky at that particular time because although there was a lot of labour people in, in the Lothian region, there was also quite a few Tories. One of the Tories voted with the labour, so we got it. And he only did that because the men in his area had been logging and given to... Because this is getting start to get into the strike quite, quite strongly at that time. And uh, so he voted with us because he he thought the miners were actually helping some of his constituents. So that's where the soup kitchens all kind of started. And obviously, I was still working at, at Fernandes, and we would finish there and then go in and help in the kitchen. There, you were getting obviously the ones, the side of it that we knew for the news was telling you another side of it. So it was, um, you know, it, it it was quite difficult at that time and. Because you were involved with the, the women's side of things, um, it wasn't just the kitchen. We went status quo on, on rallies because the union, cleverly, when I think about it now, gave us uh, a lot of autonomy to have, make our, our own committees, our own suggestions, our own fundraising, you know, that type of thing. So it was a, it was a busy time. In, in, in Midlothian, I can always obviously refer to Midlothian, but I know all, all over the country there were soup kitchens set up uh, all over and we, we were fortunate in the sense we had Darkwood Miners Club and I know Dander Hall obviously had, had theirs and Mayfield had their club so there was soup kitchens all over over the county servicing the, the families and it, it was a good point of contact as well you weren't just feeding the families you were obviously contacting them is there anything happening that we could maybe help with you know so it was a good good communications in that as well. This was the, the different story altogether because you would see it and you say, you know, I would say to, to, to Bill, what the heck happened there then? And he would, he would give the, the minor side of things. And I think Channel 4 was about the best, I think, that recorded the various things that was happening because obviously the, the other channels were only showing what bad side of things that was happening. Because there were some, but I mean, it's not in a sense the same one thing and another. There was bad things happening on, on both sides. But you weren't getting a true story if you listened to certain channels. So we, we were starting to look at Channel 4 quite quite a lot. But then we were obviously living in it. So we, we knew the proper story, if you like, the human story. I've never experienced anything like that before. Uh, as I say, you know, I worked with, with the ladies in Ferranti, so we had a good relationship there. But I'd never been uh, involved in something so huge. Uh, and as, as things went out, obviously realised how historic it, it was. It, it, it was, it was quite, quite an experience, uh, I must admit. And in, as I say, going on rallies uh, and that as well, and going out to, to speak to various uh, organisations for fundraising. Uh, it, it was a huge, huge learning curve from somebody who was that quiet, allowed herself to become a chair. <laughs> um, so I, I was quiet, I must admit, I was very quiet then. Uh, obviously not now, 
uh, you, you, you learn to kind of grow up and it gave me, you know, it gave me a lot of confidence, uh, I, I would say, that I was able to do things and get a lot of support from, from, from doing it. Bill was, he was a member of Skepta, he was not a member of the, the NUM. Uh, and they went back uh, a few days before. Uh, but I remember him, he worked at New Battle Workshops uh, at Newton Grange. And I remember him telling me he was he was very sad to go back. And one or two his his um, union officers had had been dismissed. So they were standing outside uh, the work, clapping them in. And I mean that must have been tremendous to to be there. And I'm actually starting to choke up when I'm thinking about it. And I went to the soup kitchen that day, just not knowing what to kind of expect because then the NUM hadn't actually physically went back at that time. And um, we, we had a chat and a, you know, a cuddle and things like that as, as, as we do. And then the men went back. And uh, positives, at the time, I didn't think there was any positives, but there was a camaraderie that had been brought that had came together. And, and leading from that, there was quite a number of us uh, joined the Labour Party because we felt that we couldn't beat Thatcher in one way, we might manage to beat her in another way via, via politics. So there must be about 10, 10 of us joined the Labour Party, the local Labour Party at that time. So I suppose you would say that was a positive that came from it. It certainly politicised a lot of us uh, to the injustices that were there and see what, if anything, we could do to change that. A lot of pride, definitely, definitely, to be involved in something so historic uh, as a year-long strike. But there, yeah, there is sadness, and there was a lot of people lost, lost their lives, lost their marriages, families uh, breaking up um, within our area. I mean, we, just, we still know who the scabs are all these years on. There's still that bit of bitterness, I must admit. But when I went to, as a councillor, went on the Lothian and Borders Police Board, I must admit I was a bit, I still had a very jaundiced look at how the police interacted. And um, that, that stayed with me quite a long time, I must admit. Uh, not now, because obviously it's a different generation of police. But it, it did leave me tainted, my memories of how the police handled things, to be honest. Although we know as things came out, there was a lot of things happened that they didn't have a control over, they were told uh, to do. And so, yeah, it, it, did, it did leave me with quite a bit of bitterness, I must admit, to that type of thing. As I say, there were quite a number of joined the Labour Party, so we were comrades uh, in the party. Some went back to what they wanted to do, and that, that was fine, but you still saw them. We, we used to have reunions, but you know that that's obviously uh, in the past, and sadly we've, we've lost, given time passing, we've lost uh, some of the ladies uh, that we knew, but there's still a lot of them, and there's still a lot of acting and campaigning within the Labour Party. So that's a good legacy, I would suggest. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think one of the things that I enjoyed watching was um, and knowing a wee bit more about the strike as well when uh, that film Pride came out. And I thought, we knew, I knew nothing about that. About, because it was obviously mailed in, in London. But I thought, my God. You know, I, okay, there was a lot of, a lot of issues, but it, it made me so proud to the, the guys that welcomed 
a different element or, or a community that they had no uh, no concept about and it, that you know that brought tears to my eyes quite a few times as well every time I see it. Thanks for listening to the words of this episode's trade unionist. To read their story and those of 74 others, get your copy of Mon the Workers in all the usual places or ask your library to stock it. <laughs>